Hello, human peoples. You're listening to the podcast network of Gamefully Unemployed. Support us and gain access to great exclusive podcasts like Fox Mulder is a Maniac, Tom and Jeff Watch Batman, Star Trek The Next Futurama, and our latest show, Spiel Boys. Head over to patreon.com slash gamefullyunemployed. We do game streaming, movie nights with our patrons every Friday night, and you can even commission your own podcast about anything you want. Literally anything, within reason. And we have to do it. You are quite frankly out of excuses not to go visit patreon.com slash gamefullyunemployed. That's patreon.com slash G-A-M-E-F-U-L-L-Y unemployed, which is spelled like it sounds. Sound the horn. <laughs> Sound the Jason horn. Mask holes. Yeah. Talking about mask holes. Oh my goodness. Jason. <laughs> Is that my girl? Yeah. <laughs> At the bottom That's of Crystal Lake. Mm. <laughs> holy There's holy. a Jason. Anyway, <laughs> hey everybody! I hello, I, man. It's hard. I I gotta get my game face on. I know this is, this is like a this is for real. This is game day. This is like we gotta we gotta be good, Dave. We gotta this be is good. Historic, today. yeah, historic. This is the Welcome. only the only podcast we've ever done that matters, Dave. It's true. Yeah, this is this is folks. This is mask holes. Uh, welcome to Mask Holes. Welcome, a uh, 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 pod pod podcast cast cast. Yep, cast cast. Um and yeah, this is oh my good my mm, fuck. How um, has it taken five years for us to do a Friday the Thirteenth show? That's I don't know. What the fuck I think are we do with think, our lives, Dave. I think we just watch it on so many Friday movie nights That's that true, we didn't yeah. even it didn't even occur to us to do this. Um, okay, we got to get some business out of the way. Big big thank you to Krishanovich, our thank you. producer. Um, they um they worked with us for a bit to 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 figure out uh a podcast we wanted to do and it occurred to us like wow we haven't done a friday the 13th podcast so that's what we're gonna do folks um this is man what is this this is a podcast where we watch all the friday the 13th films yeah and then we talk about them yeah and we have segments um should we tell them the segments or should we just go into each one i think we should surprise them because that's what jason would do that is what Jason would do. Um, for people who don't quite know our excitement, uh, myself and Tom uh, having kind of, uh, as we grew, as we, Gamefully Unemployed grew, we, we, we found ourselves falling in love with the Friday the 13th video Right. Game. We sort of launched Gamefully Unemployed um, more as a streaming network for video games initially. And one of the games we streamed all of the time with all of our delightful, beautiful friends was the Friday the 13th game. Yeah. It was less a, it was less a video game streaming and more of just a Friday the 13th game streaming. That's true. Uh, yeah. It's, it's pretty, it's mostly what we did that and board games. And so like, you know, um, Friday the 13th has just been baked in to uh, this, this, network for a very long time yeah uh and i don't know about you we should talk about this up front like i had seen some of the friday the 13th before that but it was really that game that made me go that made like the the, the movies click in my head mm. uh and then when we watched all the movies again uh they just i just you know yeah got really into them i have always been into jason um actually sorry I am now realizing that at Cracked, I, I that this had started at Cracked. This started at Cracked, yeah. Because we weren't we weren't streaming it at first, or were we? I don't know. We stream. I think um, we might have streamed it a little bit, but we just streamed it as as honkies that were working at Cracked instead of yeah. honkies that had started their own business. I remember that only because I wrote into an after hours uh, a bit about Friday the Thirteenth, so like it's clear that I had been paying attention. But like that's still how the timeline went, which was like the game and then the movies, and then enjoying them. Uh, what you, so you've always been into? I've always been into series. Jason. I have a picture that I like to to share with friends and family. Um, 
It's a picture <laughs> of our uh, of my second grade class's uh, Halloween. It's a, it's my second grade class's Halloween group picture. And everybody's like fairies and ninja turtles and 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 such. And then there's this little ghoul, this little string bean ghoul in the front with a fucking Jason mask and a bloody knife. And that's me. Beautiful. <laughs> that's beautiful. <laughs> Um, I've oh, always so been, good. I've been obsessed with Jason since I was a little kid. Um, I realized he was funny in middle school. Yeah. <laughs> Cause he is, he's extremely funny. It's he's the, fu- I think he's the funniest, one of the funniest characters in the history of entertainment. Yeah. Um, he's just he's one of our, he's, he's like, just, he's like a mime, like silent. Yeah, he's a mime. Funny. He's a physical comedian. Yeah. Um, cause Jason has to express everything non-verbally. Jason never speaks. Um, yep. and when you couple that with a, a film series that began as a slasher series in earnest, which was to do an escalating se- series of, um, escalatingly gruesome kills that were gruesome, both in gore and also in concept. Um, when you couple that with a character who basically can only communicate physically or by miming, um, the, that's the, those are some pristine ingredients for comedy and they figured yeah. it out in Jason 6 where they really leaned into it and I think thereafter not all of the Jason uh, I, with the exception of part 6 and like Freddy versus Jason and Jason X but they still do make Jason horror movies for the most part Friday the 13th movies are done in earnest but they are now aware that he's kind of funny so they, sure. sort of, they sort of lean into it more about where it's it's less about um, trying to be genuinely horrific with the kills and more about trying to be just ridiculous and having this goofball uh, physical yeah. comedian zombie at the center of their film. I think they always do. Yeah. Even before that, there's always been funny side characters. Yeah. Uh, lots of boobs. Um, sure. And and so like they they've always sort of known what they're making. But you're right that like whether or not Jason and we'll talk about this in this movie because this movie is definitely it's funny how this movie to me feels like it's so far from what it is. You this know, is, it's this not, is this it's is not a like watching like Evil Dead and you're like, yeah, this is the uncut shit. This is like what Evil Dead is. Uh, uh, no, like this movie, I'm just like, ah, this is like one of the farther from. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it's the furthest the actually. Like it's it. This yeah. one is just a straightforward genuine made in earnest horror movie. Like it's trying to be scary. I think it is effective yeah. in a lot of ways. Like it is, I think this is a, I want to talk movie. about that. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about what this movie does. Right. Um, sure. With horror. Uh, and, and, and it, it's, yeah. So for that reason, this podcast is going to get, I think more interesting as we go or more right. fun, as, which yeah. isn't to say this won't be fun. Cause I had fun watching this. Oh yeah. Um, it's a great film, but, but this movie is um, one of the things I, I always notice when I watch this it's trying to be psycho a little bit, isn't it? A little bit, um, yeah. The music feels like it's the music from Psycho. Yeah. Um, it's, of course, around, spoilers, a mother. Um, and the mother is it's kind of doing a psycho thing. It just occurred to me that they were um, kind of playing that up. Yeah. Um, there's some weird things the movie does. Like, I completely forgot that the concept of Jason we don't learn about until the very end. Jason is so not in this movie that they don't, they barely even, they don't even say his name. Um, they, they do, but not until like, you know, an hour and 10 minutes in or something like, when it's we're, a when weird we're like idea. It's weird end. to have this. I think it's trying to be like scream where that it's, it's kind of a murder mystery. It right? is. Yeah. It, it, they create another suspect in, in Steve and in, and in Ralph. Who few, we'll talk yeah. about. There's, it is more about like a thriller that's trying to be a whodunit and it does deliberate things to keep you confused. Like right, it, it changes I, who is playing um, Mrs. Voorhees and any, like the hand who we see her hands a lot, but it's not the actress. And like, we see her in a, di- at a distance, like when she lures Ned into the cabin and then that's not the actress they right. do uh, when she does, she'll do Jason's voice. And that's yeah. when they do it in the film. It's it's an actual child. So they do a lot of like uh, sort of tricks to keep you from being able to, to to keep doubt and confusion in your mind. Like it really is trying right. to be like kind of a whodunit and also but, a slasher. Right. And I would argue that 
I, if I had seen this in theaters, I'd be kind of mad at it because the answer, you don't meet Pamela Voorhees in the movie. I had just always assumed, like in my mind, my like Mandela effect of this movie is that you meet her early nope. as like a character. Nope. So they they show all these characters. Uh, and then ultimately the killer is just a new person who shows up and is just like, hi, I'm here now. Yeah. Uh, and it's like, well, fuck, I couldn't have figured that out. <laughs> you can't just create a new character to show up with a whole new motivation. Yeah, um, that's, that's fair. Weird. I think it's the movie trying to have a twist. And also they do hint at it. They mentioned the drowned boy a few times before that. Yeah. Yeah. But you know what I'm saying? I, I mean, I, 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 quite enjoy this movie obviously yeah i'm talking about like if i had seen this movie out of context not knowing the glory it would stem from it i think that would have rubbed me the wrong way initially um this movie does very good things though um because it feels less like a murder mystery and more of a a game of a shell game of who's going to be the final person um no that's 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 accurate yeah yeah that's the most interesting thing it does i think yeah, the biggest strength. Um, for people who haven't seen this movie, I don't know what to tell you. Um, it's Friday the Thirteenth. Go watch it's it. Friday the Thirteenth. What are you yeah, doing? Go watch what are you doing it. with your life? Yeah, it's the first one. Jason is not in it, and in fact, Jason will not get his mask until the third movie. Until part three. Yeah. So, uh, you know, that's that's interesting. And so this first one is Pamela Voorhees, Jason's mom, uh, and it's you know Kevin Bacon and others going to Camp Crystal Lake. And they all get murdered. Uh, you know, that's the movie. They sure do. Yeah. We it's, can go. Yeah, there was, you know, back in 1958, there was, uh, or 1957, Jason drowned. Um, and it was because he was, nobody was watching him. The counselors were boning instead of watching right. the kids. So he drowned in the lake. And then in 1958, uh, two counselors sneak, up, sneak off after singing Kumbaya uh, to yeah. go fuck in a barn. And yep. Pamela Voorhees kills them both, except we don't, it's, we don't see who kills them, but. All right, I, I, I want to talk about this a little more. Sure. Because <laughs> it is the least horny thing. Um, yeah, they're singing the fucking Kumbaya. And, right, and yeah, nothing gets me hotter song. Than, than singing then, Kumbaya to a bunch of kids. Yep, and then these two counselors look at each other and like, I am moist right now. Yep. And, and they go to this we, barn we, attic. We, we, <laughs> we should fuck like we've doodled about in church. Yep. They they lay down this itchy fucking br- blanket in this barn attic next to some old wire and a discarded table, and you know it just smells like like dead mice in there. Right, and they're they having, are they're just having, so fucking horny. They're having sex on spider eggs. Yeah, uh, it's. I mean, this whole movie, the camp. It's just like this is why I never went to camp. It's disgusting. Yeah, the camp looks it's awful. A, like it's this it's place really, is a dump. It's really funny. Like the most unrealistic part of this whole series is how horny everybody is to be at this camp. Right. How down people are to fuck in a splintery bug and snake infested cabin. Yeah. Poison ivy and mosquitoes. Blankets Uh, from 30 years ago. Yeah. And those two are killed. And yeah, it starts with this hippie chick backpacking. Um, and it starts with what we assume to be our main character. Right. Um, she's getting a ride. She meets the weirdos in town. Uh, and then we meet the other teens, Kevin Bacon, listening to Bluegrass in their fucking Just truck. listening to some dude fucking light it up with yeah. a banjo solo. <laughs> Just getting high and speeding down the road. Yep. Um, and then they show up and they're all counselors and they're going to get ready uh, we meet Steve, the 30-year-old man chopping wood and cut-off jeans and nothing else. Man. Oh, sorry, no. He has a red wool socks and a red bandana. Red wool well. socks and boots, cut-offs, and the bandana. Yeah, he fucking rules. I love him. Yeah. <laughs> well, Steve, so I love that Steve is just like, I'm Steve. This is what I look like. Now I'm going to leave you alone for like 10 hours right. here he says, I'll be storm. He says, I'll be back sometime after lunch, and he's gone for the entire movie. He doesn't come yep. back until after nightfall. I don't know what yep. the fuck he was doing all day. And what happens when he comes back? He immediately <laughs> immediately dies. gets murdered. He doesn't even get back into the camp. He makes it to the, the entrance sign and gets stabbed yeah. in his tummy. I love Steve, but Steve sucks. Yeah, he doesn't. Um, yeah. But that's sort of the, so this is the strength of this movie. Um, is that, you know, uh, a few weeks back, we, we actually did a thing about Red State. It's actually kind of similar. Um, this is what I was talking about, the shell game, 
which is like we you kind of don't know who's gonna fucking survive because the deaths are so sudden and you forget that you know nowadays it's almost like it's your standard movie but like you know kevin bacon is lying in bed and he literally gets stabbed through the bed and you're like whoa you know like because you just don't see that shit coming and so there's this idea of like who's gonna fucking make it yeah who will survive and what will be left of them dave yeah exactly and to the point that that final scene i know i'm skipping ahead with the final girl when um the generator gets shut off and the guy goes and then they go to her and she's like walking around and the camera like pans with her as she opens the pantry and you're just sort of waiting for her to get grabbed and killed um and they know it Mm -hmm. and so like that's the strength of the movie is anybody can die at any moment and it doesn't matter because spoilers that hitchhiker girl gets killed in like the first 20 minutes of the show she's the first victim and they make it seem like she's the main character yeah, which again, Psycho. They're inspired by Psycho, for yeah, sure. Yeah, and I do like that even at this early stage in 1980, that scene that you were mentioning with the, the person who does turn out to be the final girl, it's yeah. following her through the kitchen as she's lighting the stove and getting stuff from the pantry, and the camera is just following her um, back and forth. Um, like, it knows. It's, it's the same game that countless horror movie directors have played since then, like in uh, James Wan does it for one of the murder scenes in Malignant just for a recent example. Um, But it, it already knows that the audience understands how and when jump scares happen. So it's, it's playing with that in this scene. Yeah. So it's, it's just interesting to be reminded that jump scares like that specific language has existed for this long in horror movies. It's a very good example of how we get more sophisticated when it comes to consuming art, Mm. because like this is, this scene is an early one. But, like, there was stuff before this, right? Valentine's there was f- Day? We yeah. watched that movie? Uh, My Bloody Valentine. My Bloody, My Bloody Valentine. Valentine. But, yes, and then um, Halloween, White obviously, Christmas, is Halloween. the most direct. Yeah. Black Christmas. Where, White Christmas Black is a Christmas. different film. All right. doesn't matter. But, yeah, I, I think, Wait, like... Which one's yeah. White Christmas? The one with Bing Crosby and Danny Kaye. Oh, uh, okay. It's not, not Christmas in Connecticut, directed by Arnold Schwarzenegger. No. Okay. Um, point being that people knew the language, and so they're playing with it. Here. Yeah. Um, and so you're right. Like I imagined being in the audience for this for the first time and probably the people being like, <gasps> like, like waiting for it in that scene. Cause they know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and they oh, know yeah. how the audience is going to react. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so we meet, we meet Steve, we meet Bill. Uh, he's Bill, just like, who is painting in jeans and thin red suspenders and nothing else. He looks, yep. <laughs> he looks like Mork from Orc posing for a swimsuit calendar. He really does. That's he's exactly incredible. what he looks like. <laughs> he's incredible. I love All these Bill. maniacs. And there's a reason they're doing this. They kill the hitchhiker girl. Uh, it's funny because she dives out of that car. Um, like head first. She, I would have jumped out up. feet first, but yeah. Yeah, but that's a girl who's been hitchhiking. That's my vibe, is it's like the 80s. We're getting off of the serial killer stuff. Yeah. She's a hitchhiking. She's she, a young she, girl. Right. She, she knows when to dive out of a car. She hitchhikes with one hand on the door handle. Yeah. Like, she's ready to dive out of the car, and she does. And she does. Uh, doesn't help her. She no. gets murdered in the woods. No, she gets super murdered. Yeah. Uh, but it's very shocking. Like, every time I watch this movie, part of me always forgets. That she's not the main, right? Because it really seems like she's the main character, right? I remember once, once she's like on the road hitchhiking again, but when she goes into town at first, I always my mind just goes, "Oh, it's the main character," because they're giving her all this exposition. And what this movie also realizes is that you don't need to show the character, the main character's exposition. We just need the exposition. Just the audience needs it, right? Yeah. Um. So, uh, storm comes. Kevin Bacon does some good old storm fucking. Um, we meet, um, what's his name? Is it Ted? Ned? No, oh, Neddy, Ned, the, the guy who's Neddy. creeping on them. Ned, the maniac. We'll talk about him. Uh, and we meet Crazy Ralph, which we'll also Hell talk yeah. about. Hell yeah, I've got a lot to say. Well, not a lot, but one very loud thing to say about Ralph. Yeah, I'm just, yeah, I'm just trying to go through the plot first. <clears throat> um, uh, Ned is killed off camera. He sure is. Kevin Bacon 
does some storm fucking and then he gets killed with an arrow. Yep. Um, through the bed. They play. They Meanwhile, the other counselors are playing Strip Monopoly, which I got to say, again, not sexy. Just like this camp. That would take three hours. And right. it would end with one person with all the clothes and everybody else angry. Right. It's anti-horny. Yeah, like it's not it's not the strip game to play. It's not the game to apply strip rules to because it really if you isn't. if you apply strip rules to it, then why are you still using money? Like, how do you? Right. Because they they, like what... they make it so like when somebody lands on your property, they have to give you a piece of clothing, and yet you still need they're they're still using the in game money to buy property. So it's like, well, how are you making money then? Right. Are we trading? Are we trading panties for five hundred dollars? Is that how it's I don't working? know. They didn't. Yeah, they're not putting a value on that. A sock and again, for fifty. The point. So, I want to. I really want to break this down because strip poker, the sexy version. Mm-hmm. The idea of poker is everybody takes a hit eventually. Yes, someone can like sweep, but like most of the time, even when you're playing like with pot odds and stuff, you would still have to like take some hits. And depending on the rules, if like oh, every time you fold, you also have to strip or something like that, it can get sexy pretty fast. Like, the idea is to get sexy fast. Um, Monopoly, how often, like, so first of all, you have to go around the board a few times before you're buying stuff, I'm assuming. Um, and so, like, you're slowly buying stuff up, and, like, how often are people landing on things? Like, yeah. it's, it's, it's like an intense game of chess. It just takes a while. But then, yeah, you just slowly get angry because Monopoly naturally... It, it's the the game was invented, literally invented, to point out how monopolies fuck people over, right? Um, I also think it was designed to last the entirety of the Great Depression. Yes, that's when you the set other it, part. when you set it up. Yes, so like I, I just can't stress enough how not sexy strip monopoly is. Mono- they don't monopoly is because- the least sexy board game ever invented. So when you right. throw strip rules onto it, it's just it's like throwing lingerie onto a dead rat. Yeah, it really is. Uh, and they don't finish because no one ever finishes a game of Monopoly. No. Um, why why on they, earth would you? They don't finish because they just get bored. Like, they're just like, what are the well, other people Well, the door to? blows open and then they, they, they realize the storm's gotten real bad. And then one of the girls is like, oh, shit, I left my cabin windows open. So she's like, well, we'll right. pick this game up tomorrow. I got to go. Right. So if it was actually sexy... She wouldn't care that she left her cabin windows. Open, right, the horniness right? would take the, would take priority. It's like, well, the right. sexiness is 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 the goal for tonight. Our goal is to be sexy. So, right, Who my cares windows about my that? windows being open is secondary. But she literally goes back to her cabin and starts reading a book. Mm-hmm. That's how unsexy the monopoly is. Yeah, it's. <laughs> She's like, okay, this isn't going anywhere. I will I'm say that go. for a teen for for a teen slasher and. I think they're even adults, but anyway, for something that is considered part of the teen slasher genre and is supposed to abide by all those tropes, there really isn't that much sex. There's two, two different scenes where a couple has sex and we only briefly, briefly see nudity in one of them. Yeah. They, they up, they up this in the, they sure do. But it's interesting that this first movie really isn't that. Yeah. No, it's trying to be fairly serious. Like it's it's trying to be like a, an actual movie. Yeah, it sure is. It sure is, um, and I think it mostly ma'am. succeeds. Yeah, I think so. There's still some. We'll get into what makes this movie funny. Um, so, like, they all everybody starts dying. The girl goes into the bathroom, gets an axe to the face. Another girl goes to the bathroom, gets followed and murdered. And we'll go. We'll go into that. Um, and then again, like I said, like. It basically goes down to this final girl. She sees that her, like the other guy that went to do the ca- the generator is dead, um, and then like just this woman shows up at the end uh, in her jeep and is like, "Hi, I'm here to help." In her jeep and a crocheted sweater. Yep, very important sweater. Mm-hmm. Um, big item in the in the video game. Yeah, and yeah, she she's like, "Did you know a boy drowned here?" And then you get you get pretty quickly you realize like oh she's a right she can't keep up the facade of of sanity for very long no it's about and two so minutes it becomes a cat and mouse where pamela Voorhees, who's avenging her her um son for whatever reason let the game slip for this one final girl who they're running around and um she checks drawers did you see that yeah 
another shout out to the video game. She she's checking drawers and I was like, fuck yeah. And she finds the gun in the garage, uh, where it always is in the game. Um, that doesn't do, I, I forget. Does she shoot Pamela? I know no, she, she like can't, she can't get the her. drawer open for the bullets. So she, right. she pretends like the gun has bullets, but when Pamela keeps coming, she throws it at her. Right. And so it's this whole cat and mouse. That's pretty fun. She hits her with a fl- frying plant pan. Um, she goes to the boat. I don't know why do she's you, not taking do the you car. Ha- do you have, did you watch the, uh, unrated version? Oh, I don't know. There's an addition. I have I have the box set, but I didn't watch it. Oh, okay. Well, if yeah, it's 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 included in the box set. Yeah. Um. There's an additional shot of Pamela on the ground with a gigantic like bruise on her head and and blood behind her head on the ground after she okay. gets hit with they the frying show, pan. They do show her like lift her head and there's blood. Oh, okay. Um, they do show that. So yeah. All right. Yeah. Um. And again, this girl like I know her friend's dead body is in the jeep. Take the jeep. Take the Jeep or just take was, the road. I was, I was watching with Marina and she said the same thing. Cause yeah, she, she, it's, well, really, it's not even, it's, it's not even her friend. Decision. She's never met this, but it, it's, it's Annie. It's the girl from the beginning. Oh, right. It's the hitchhiker. So she leans, it, she leans into the Jeep and just sees that Annie's dead in, in, in the passenger seat, which means Annie's been sitting in the passenger seat of that Jeep all day. Yes. We'll talk about, we'll this. talk about that. <laughs> But yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, I just I, I just brought up the Pamela on the ground shot to show that like the main the the final girl whose name I forget has a reasonable reasonable amount of information to believe that Pamela is dead. Oh yeah, no, for sure. It's still weird to she take the belt. She belted a sixty year old woman in the face with a fucking skillet. Right, which means she can take the road. She can take the jeep. Yeah. Again, boat. There's no cops that direction. It's just more woods. It's a weird thing to do. But well, she gets also, on the, when, well, when, she doesn't get on the boat right away. She chops Pamela's head off. Right. When um, Pamela first shows up, um, she does tell her they've killed everyone. So it's, you remember, she didn't hear, oh, uh, Alice, Alice is her name. Alice didn't hear all the exposition that we heard. Um, right. Well, and actually, I guess that doesn't even matter. But anyway, she doesn't know how many people are there. Is my point? Right. That's true. I would still not take the boat. I would still like, get in the car, but Jeep. also I understand just getting into the. I mean, canoe you played the video game. Boat is always out. death. The yeah, the boat is a real gamble. Yeah. Real gamble. And then she chops off Pamela's head, and at that point, I feel like she should feel secure enough not you're, to just take the fucking canoe yeah, out. But. You're, you're skipping over the fact they fight like motherfuckers. For they really do. They, they really. <laughs> it's not like a flashy fight, but it's a real like ugly and like painful fight. It's no, yeah, it's no John Wick, but it's kind of the best kind of fight, which right. is like a very human fight where you're like, yeah, that's what a fight looks like. Um, yeah, it's not elegant. And yeah, she They're chops just her fucking head each other. Off. Yeah, yeah. She chops her head chops off like a, off. like the snake, like the snake. Yeah, the um, real snake. And then by she, the way, yep, yeah. I know the it's, snake uh, handler. If I remember, was not happy about that. Um, it's got real. This is real indie, uh, fucking horror shit. Yeah, These fucking weird yeah. filmmaker beatniks. It's pretty gnarly. Yeah, um, they uh. She leaves on the boat, and uh, then she gets. People probably know the ending. A little little ghoul Jason jumps out of the water, grabs her, and then she wakes up in the hospital. And they're like, "We found you. Uh, you know, wh- uh, everybody's dead, but you." She's like, "And the little boy." And they're like, "What little boy?" And she's like, "That means he's still out there." Right. She's like, "The little boy that pulled me underwater." And like, "There, we didn't find a boy." And she's like, "That means he's still out there." What that actually means is the sheriff now thinks that there's a boy in the equation. So the cops are going to spend like the next three days dredging that lake. Yeah, they sure are. Just from, ju- judging by lake. what she's like, he has he, he he has no way of knowing that there like wasn't a little boy with them that might have fallen in the lake. So that's what he is right. going to assume. <laughs> right. And he's like, can't have another little boy. Dredging. Yeah. <laughs> um, when does this take place? 1980. 1980. So Jason drowned in 57? Yeah. 23 years ago. So he's 23 years old? <laughs> no, he's like 30? Why mm. is that little boy still a little boy? Well, he's a little boy in her nightmare. Right. 
the actual Jason, as we learn in part two, did not drown, survived, and has been living in a shanty in the woods and witnessed the events of Friday the 13th from the forest. That would conveniently bring us to our next segment. (laughs) Are you ready for this? I am. It's time to ask the question, what's Jason up to? So, Um, (laughs) I mean, it depends on how you interpret this movie. If this movie stands alone, Jason is sitting on the bottom of the lake. That's what he's doing the whole movie. (laughs) Yeah, but it's not. I don't think it should. No. I think we're going to talk about, um, I want to talk about Pamela as well obviously because that's actually the spirit of this segment is um you know people have made this observation our own jason pargin has um we've talked about it before with other horror movies is like when you actually follow the killer you realize how exhausting and weird it is what they're up to i still i i i think ghostface is the funniest usually um because ghostface is just a person in a mask who's probably sweating their balls off um, or labia, and they're um, and they're like, you know, running around and setting up stuff. But Jason's pretty funny too. So Jason himself, yeah, he's either at the bottom of the lake or he's just like surviving in the woods <laughs> for some reason, not getting involved. Yeah, he's just watching. Like it, it, Pamela but clearly he, doesn't know he's still alive. Right, but is he watching? Because he gets her head, but like you'd think he would have stepped in. Well, his mom was in trouble, right? So I assumed he was like in his shack, but not actually watching. Well, they know, they they do say in the second movie that he knows, I mean, the second movie, spoilers, starts with him tracking down Alice. Um, yes. And they say that he must, they, they suggest that he must have witnessed Pamela get decapitated. Because yeah, he, go, he goes I, and gets yeah. her head right after. Yeah, I assume he maybe showed up just for that. Um, but the, the question is, of course, like, why wouldn't he, if he saw his mom running around, why wouldn't he be like, Hey mom, mom, <laughs> um, because he knew her enough to get her head later. So like he knew that was his mother. Um, maybe he overheard her talking about it at the end. My point being that I don't know if Jason's watching the entire time. I feel like he's just in the woods surviving, picking mm-hmm. berries uh, and then he came upon the camp later. He maybe heard a commotion. This is all speculation. I think he's watching the whole time. Wow, he's just not getting involved. Well, he doesn't want to know his mom. He wasn't. He doesn't want his mom to know that he's alive because he doesn't. You know, he hasn't let her know for the past twenty years. Right. He's been living in his shanty. So he just didn't. He was afraid to approach, and then it was too late. Yeah, he was probably scared too because it's been abandoned his whole life. Right, poor like, Jason. He doesn't know what's going on, so he's just like spying on these. He's not a zombie yet. He's just spying on these people. Yeah. Like, what are they doing at this camp? Oh, there's my mom. She's fucking him up. Great, go mom. And then he witnesses that shit, and he's just like, and he's like, oh shit, stunned. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. Um, but also, he's probably picking berries and trapping squirrels. Right. His his. Yeah, we see in, we fun. see in part two that his wardrobe is immaculately clean, so he must be yeah, washing his clothes. Oh yeah, we'll get into like, that. His we'll shirts. Into the way Jason in, in, part, lives. in part two, his shirts even look like starched and pressed. Like he is right. It's possible he's he looking, goes into town, Dave. He's looking crisp. Yeah. In part two. <laughs> yeah. Not so much later in the series. No, no. Two. He starts to degrade steadily after that. Yeah. But he's looking all right. He's looking pretty crisp in part well, two. You want to talk about Pamela's journey? Because oh, I, I want to talk about <laughs> Pamela's journey. Because <laughs> uh, she starts like in the woods. So she is a cheap. Yeah. Um, but we first see a POV watching Alice run to Bill in the woods. So she starts in the woods. Uh, and she's just watching. And then she goes back to her Jeep. And I'm not sure why. Like, my guess was that she's going back into town to grab lunch or something. Um, Because she gets in the Jeep and she's driving away from the camp when Mm -hmm. she finds the hitchhiker. Yes. Then she picks up the hitchhiker uh, and is like, I I don't know why. So she must have found this girl and was just like, oh, that's a freebie, right? Um, Then she kills her. And then she drives back to the lake. She so must, like she, was, she must have been okay. So here's what it is. She must have been driving around. Oh no, wait, because she must have known 
that Steve Christie was back there rebuilding the camp and getting ready to reopen it. Right. Again, she starts at the lake watching them. That's And then true. she gets in her Jeep, kills the hitchhiker, and then drives Maybe she had back errands to the to lake. Run. Maybe, but it seems like what happened was she killed she, that she, girl and she, was like, she ah, to, fuck she it, had I'm going to go She had me. to drive up to T-Mobile and pay her bill. Right. <laughs> Something. because But she clearly gets bloodlust after killing that first girl. I mean, she killed two people back in the 60s, but... Right, but it's been 20-odd um, years. And she's like, you know what? I am going to go kill them. Like, maybe she was thinking about it, and then she killed the hitchhiker and was like, you know what? Because the next time we see her, she goes into that cabin, and Ned notices her just hanging out in that cabin. Yeah. Uh, and so she kills Ned off camera. I want to talk then, about that. I want to talk about that. Okay. So do you... Like, she... she he Ned spots her standing on the porch after he's been leering at Kevin Bacon make out with Marcy, and he's like, I wish I could have sex with her. Right. Um, so he skips over to this cabin and notices Mrs. Voorhees and follows her inside the cabin. Do you think she just ambushed him, or do you think maybe they had a conversation first? I mean, yeah, he could be looking for sex, and he's yeah. just like, hey there. Um I that's a good question. I think so. She seems to ambush most people. Like that's right. her well, whole she's deal, a, she's which a makes the ending woman. even weirder. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm guessing she ambushed him. Um, but it would be neat if they talked. I'm gonna think like they had like it, a conversation. Right. Like she so slowly the, drew him into her her trap. Or rather, right, it was just the like question. the same the same conversation she has with Alice at the end of the film, where she can only maintain for like a minute or two, and then just goes full blown crazy. Right? Yeah, yeah. Probably she starts doing her Jason voice. Yeah, she kill um, him, mommy, kill him. I hate the, the dolphins. He's wearing a dolphins jersey. <laughs> the, the here's the thing: if she killed him in the moment, that means she had to lift him up and put him in mm-hmm. that. Um, and I want to talk about that because Kevin Bacon and this woman go into this. Uh, room to have sex this cabin they don't notice ned who's dead on the top bunk which if you've ever seen a bunk bed it's not that high so they're not noticing anything they're so overcome with fuck blindness right but it also means that did pamela clean up because they don't notice blood or anything well it starts to drip down on kevin bacon's face through the mattress and then he immediately gets stabbed through the neck so here's here's what i'm proposing i feel like that offers even more evidence to the fact that she didn't kill him immediately. She lured him into the top bunk of the bunk bed, probably promising a little bit of milk, and then milk some Gmail faction, and then slit his throat. Yeah, because the way... Yeah, they're right. Um, but they don't notice. And also, the Kevin Bacon is going to get stabbed under the bed, which means that after she killed Ned, she saw them she's coming and hid under, under the, the bed. bed. Yep. And she's been under the bed for 45 minutes? Yeah. Yeah, an hour? Probably about because an hour. they fuck... They completely fuck. Yeah, and then she, she listens leaves. to them have. She experiences them have sex because she's right underneath their mattress. She's right underneath. Yeah, and then she felt um, each thrust. Yep, and then she waits even longer because Kevin Bacon like gets high and hangs out for a little bit. So what is she waiting for? I have one theory, which is she fell asleep. Um, oh yeah, probably. she might have fallen asleep. She might have. She might have. Because then she's also holding an arrow, apparently. So she grabbed an arrow and hid under the bed and was like, oh, I got a good idea. <laughs> um, and she stabs that arrow through Kevin Bacon. She sure does, Dave. I also think she might have gotten arrow lust here because arrows start slowly creeping into her killing um, from here on. Uh, and it advances as she goes. Um, then I think she has to pee, right? Because the next kill is in the bathroom. So she leaves this cabin and goes to the bathroom to, I guess, also wait. Because I'm sure I she's, she's like... I think she's following Marcy. Because Marcy said, I have to go to the bathroom. Well, that's... Th- so she follows one of the girls from the bathroom. Okay, I see what you mean. Mm-hmm. Where she watch Because the thing is, Marcy goes to the bathroom, and then she hears a noise in the shower and goes to investigate... Um, right, because that's right, because Pamela's hiding in the shower when that happens. Right, and so Pamela, she, and I think this later is going to happen too, because it's horror rules. It means the killer has to make noises and hope that the person will come to check it out. Later, she does the same thing in the bathroom, and the girl just leaves, so she has to like follow her some more. Yeah. In this case, this girl investigates and gets an axe right in the face. Yeah, directly um, into the face. 
Later, they find that axe in a cabin on a pillow, which tucked, means tucked into bed. Tucked into bed. Right. So that means um, that because we she never kills anybody else with that axe, right? No. So she has to bring that to that cabin. Yep. And she either does it now or later because well, she does it weird... later. She does it later because it's the cabin of. The girl who she kills? I forget her name, but yeah, she lures her out of the cabin by using the Jason voice to say, help me. So she falls. Oh, yeah. She walks out and gets, uh, winds up stumbling into the archery range, and then it cuts. We, she dies off screen. But okay, she goes into so, her cabin and puts the axe in her bed and tucks it so in. So after, after the archery. After the archery, yeah. All right. So she waits in the bathroom and that girl goes in and doesn't fall for the bait. So she follows her, like you said. And then she has to, she's like, this girl isn't like, she's not biting. So yeah. she has to literally just make little not boy taking help the bait. noises. Not taking the bait. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and then th- she goes on the archery range and this is what I mean where she's like, Ooh, more arrows. We never, she dies off camera, but I assume Pamela like shoots at her. Right. She must. That's the, that's the implication. So the I think the idea is she had the axe. She was like, I like this idea that she did stab arrow. And then she was like, ooh, axe. And then the axe was like pretty good. But then she was like, ooh, bow and arrow. <laughs> and she's like, don't need this axe anymore. So she went back to the girl's cabin and put the axe in mm-hmm. her bed. Yes. Okay. Jesus Christ. Um, and so now she's like arrow happy, right? Um she just has but a quiver the, with her now, presumably. Right, right. She, yeah, you're so right. So she, she only used a few, uh, probably one. On the, she's going to use a lot more later. Yeah, so she uses the rest of them on Bill. <laughs> yeah, but then Steve shows up, and I'm very confused about Steve because he shows up just at the camp sign, and someone shines a flashlight and kills him. So that means Pamela went back to the sign. So she was leaving camp. Yeah, she was leaving. She must have been, right? She was like, Maybe okay. she went to get something to eat. Yeah, but then she ran into Steve. And, and kills was him. Like, she keeps almost leaving and then killing someone and being like, yeah, you're right. I am going to keep killing. Um, so she goes and runs whatever errand she's going to run. Then she drives back. Okay. Uh, puts Steve in a tree so that he can swing down and, and startle Alice later. Right. Then also she, wraps the other girl, the one she killed in the archery range, whose name I forgot, wraps her up in rope and hoists her up over a tree branch so, so that she can then swing her through a window to scare yep. Alice later. But that but, could happen yes. after she kills Bill. Because that's right. Because right. the first thing she does is she runs her errand, she comes back to the camp, and then she turns off the power. She turns off the generator. Right. Because she she realizes like okay I I got to keep baiting them and again she's like a sixty year old lady so like right and she's she's, she's I don't aging know she's... as this night progresses so she's like man I've got to really set some traps because yeah yeah because I'm old but she's also carrying a lot of bodies like it's I can't she's I can't she's got one body, body just sitting in the in the passenger seat of her car so you can drive in the HOV lane but yeah. <laughs> that's really nice. rolling them dice right <laughs> so I, I guess. So I don't, again, I'm not sure exactly why she left, went to the sign, but she turned around and was like, okay, I'm, uh, you know, and she has a flashlight, which I don't know. There's something about her having a flashlight that's funny. Um, she shuts off the main power, which I understand. Uh, and then Bill comes and somehow, okay. So all we know is that Bill is found with like six arrows in right. him they against do the, the door. They do the same sort of playing with the tropes trick that they later do with Alice in the kitchen. They do with Bill when he goes out to the shed to restart the generator. The camera's like following him back and forth as he's doing things throughout the shack and right. waiting for the, the jump to happen, and it never does. But I he presumably leaves the shack. It's weird, because he's pinned to like the back of the door. Yes. And the door is open, right? And then it closes, and that yes. reveals him? Yes. So my question is, okay, he's pinned by the arrows, did the first arrow kill him? Because if well, it his didn't, throat is also slashed. They do a close up of his body. Okay, well that give that his raises throat more is questions. slashed, and he has like three arrows: one stuck in his head, one stuck in his neck, and then I think another is stuck in his collarbone. Maybe it's only two, okay. but I feel like it's three arrows that are stapling him. To I the thought door. it was a bunch. Yeah, so I assume Pamela is waiting in the woods and just like got that shot off, that lucky shot, right? 
and probably Maybe? got him in like the neck because she shoots him several times. And I, honestly, or she just stabs, or she just stakes him to the door. Oh, that's um, true. And she's just really powerful. Okay, so it she's seems, holding three e- arrows. Everything we've seen so far, like her carrying Steve's body into a well, not so far, but like throughout the movie. Karen Steve's body into a tree, hoisting Annie back into her Jeep and just leaving her in the passenger seat, uh, lifting up the other girl with a rope to swing her through the window. Like right. she, she's got some, she's got some strength. Yeah, I guess so. She's got some so, power. Yeah, she's got some she... power beneath that crocheted sweater. Okay. So you're saying she stabbed him with each arrow. I think she cut his throat and then staked him to the door. Okay. And then closed the door. That yes. makes the most sense. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I think she's just really I was thinking strong. maybe she tried to practice some arrow, some archery on him. Nah. Um, but, yeah, I guess not. She's just really into arrows. Um, well, she had a we bunch of them. To... She had the quiver. She picked up a quiver and a bow of arrow, a, a bow to shoot um, arrows at the one girl. And then, I guess, just got her with the first shot. She was like, well, fuck, right. I've got a bunch of other arrows. Might as well burn these suckers. Right. And so then the girl finds the the body. Runs into the cabin, and this is when the body swings through. Um, yes, and so <laughs> this is the part that I'm 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 not clear on. The body swings through. She screams, and then a car shows up, and it's Pamela. So does that mean that Pamela brought her jeep and like drove it just a little bit a- yeah, away? Parked it, parked it a couple of yards back, maybe a hundred yards and then, back. Yep, and then ran up to the cabin Mm -hmm. released that body yep so that it swung and then ran back to the jeep Uh (laughs) uh-huh giggling i assume and drove up and pretended okay that's weird well no she does it to get her to get alice to unbarricade and unlock the door right but she doesn't need to swing the fucking body through like she does that she could just come driving up in the jeep that's true yeah but instead, she swings the body through, runs. Like, this timing, she's really fast. She's sprinting. And, yeah. Yep. And then once that happens, I'm also not sure what's going on in her head. And I know she's, you know, she's a bit out of she's it. She's crazy. Yeah. Um, but she, uh, you'd think she'd just kill her. Like, she killed everybody else. But no, she does, She pretends to be concerned about the body she just threw. She reacts right. to the body. She, she plays a game with her for a little bit. Right. Uh, and then she can't keep it together and just, yeah, attacks her and starts slapping the shit out of her. She slaps the Jesus out of her. It's great. Yeah, but it is like she was doing great and it, she, it really falls apart for her at the end. Yeah. Like she could have just killed this girl. She could have just stabbed her like she stabbed everybody else. Um, maybe she has moments like this scene seems to suggest that maybe because she she walks in to help Alice and she looks at the bodies and she gets overwhelmed. Like maybe she blacks out or disassociates. Like, cause maybe, she's like, yeah. she goes from that to telling Alice about the story of Jason drowning. And then her anger rises. And then she gets to the point where she's speaking as Jason and saying, kill her mommy. Um, so yeah. maybe she dissociates. I don't know. For sure. I mean, there's a, you know, uh, we don't have to. We yeah, don't. We, have don't, to, we like, don't need to try to fucking diagnose <laughs> Pamela. Oh yeah, Voorhees. but also it's also very clear. Like yeah, she's acting erratically. Yeah, she's uh, yeah, but it is still she's not very behaving funny. in a logical manner. But it is no, extremely she's on a weird funny rampage. Yeah, that her rampage is so specifically weird, and for the yeah, benefit she of an keeps audience, going back and forth to her jeep, and like yeah. it seems like she keeps not deciding what to do, and like again, swinging the body through is very strange. Um, because like you said, she set that up in advance, um, or she did it right after she found, like she ran to the cabin. I don't know which one's weirder because she was just like home aloneing it Yeah, at that point. Maybe she had all the bodies in the Jeep and just deployed them as necessary. Maybe. Like yeah. when she followed Alice to the cabin and Alice barricaded herself in, she was like, well, I got to get this body out. So she just dragged right. the body out of the Jeep and hoisted it up with a rope and threw it to the window. That is it's a big Jason thing in the future movies too, is setting up body finds. Michael Myers does it too. Yeah. Um, and I, I wish they had figured that out in the game where you could like take the bodies. We and could stage the them. bodies. Yeah. Yeah. That would have been great. But yeah. Um, so she does that. Um, and then, yeah, it just all falls apart. She just slaps the shit out of this girl and fucking gets decapitated. 
Um, so that's her journey. Yep. Uh, do, should we want to move on? Do you have I any other? So. Okay. Yeah, I'm always. I'm gonna keep writing a play-by-play if possible, of just like what are the steps to what Jason does. Um, and now we're on our, our next segment, our second to last segment. This is called Second Best Monsters. Um, who are the biggest ghouls who aren't the killer? Who aren't, yeah, Jason normally. But in this, in this movie, the biggest ghouls who are Pamela. Pamela. Which means that the second, best, the second best monster is technically Jason. But obviously that's not what we're going for here. Because this, this movie, as we said, is a whodunit in a, in a lot of ways. And by being a whodunit, they introduce a lot of weirdos. Um, Ned, who pranks them, who does the drowning prank. Ned, we're introduced to Ned hitting on Kevin Bacon's girlfriend as Kevin Bacon is making out with her. Yeah. Uh, is that he also fires an arrow right next to the, the girl, the, the girl who is later killed on the archery range. Yes. Yeah. He barely, he fires, he's so confident in his archery skills that she's setting up a target and an arrow goes shoop into it. And then he immediately does a Humphrey Bogart impression. And it's like, this man is in unhinged. Right. He's dressed. He's wearing an, uh, uh, he's wearing a racist Indian costume. Like he's wearing a feather yep. in his head. And, and he then make, later and he, he does and he, and he that racist. And he shoots at yeah. her. And then he suddenly becomes Humphrey Bogart. And then later he's progressed in his racist Indian outfit. He's gotten more feathers into his headdress. Yeah. And now he's shirtless. Yeah. Yeah. He's, uh. He's a real January 6th type. Right. And then He's later a real on. storming the Capitol. Later and on. And then later he fakes his drowning, and elaborately so. Yes. Like he stays, he keeps it going for like 10 minutes. They, they, he pretends to drown. They all have to go out and they take a boat, a useless canoe, and they all dive in and they drag him out and he acts unconscious for like a minute and then starts laughing. And it's like, what the fuck, man? Right. Like, Long enough is, to genuinely alarm his friends. Yeah. He is just on a weird rampage. Is and then, that, okay, go ahead. No, it's just like, he's just unhinged. It's, it's so weird. And then moments before his death, Kevin Bacon and uh, Marcy are having uh, an intimate moment. They're like, walk, they're, they're, they're making out. They're also walking along the edge of the lake and they're having this conversation. She's telling them about dreams they've had. They're having a very private couples moment, you know? Right. Like a, like a sweet, enriching moment between these two characters where they're learning more about each other and, and they're having a conversation. That's when she... And then it, it pans over to Ned, who is just leering at them from the other yeah. side of the lake and being like, I wish she was my girlfriend. They want, Yeah, they really want us to think Ned is... Like, like he's so loud uh, as an unhinged person, so they, they kill him off pretty quickly because it's like, yeah, no, it's not Ned. Right. Uh, but that girl is also talking about her thunderstorm blood dream yeah, uh, that she's had five or six times. So I was like, oh, she's also a mo- like a weird monster. Right, she has a recurring dream where it rains blood. Which, yeah, she's like, I got, hey, Kev, I got a real red flag for which, you. Uh, yeah, like, which means fuck. she's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, I think they're they're kind of pointing at him or her. Uh, the, the cop who shows up is kind of a fucking weirdo. Um, but, of course, I think I think we have the same winner here, right? Oh, yeah. It's Crazy Ralph. It's Crazy Ralph. He's literally, Ralph. he's credited on IMDb as Crazy Ralph. As Crazy Ralph. Ralph. They call him crazy ralph yeah he um he's his introduction is the the initial girl that we meet annie um is walking through the town goes into the diner to ask for a ride this tow truck driver who is a little bit of a monster he could be technically added to this list yeah because he take he offers to give her a ride as far as like um maybe a mile away from camp crystal lake Walks her out to, uh, and as he's walking her out to his pickup truck is when Ralph makes his appearance, but I want to finish my thought about this tow truck driver. Yeah. Um, oh, you know, oh, has offered her a ride, is, is, uh, opens up the door to his, his tow, actually it's not a tow truck, it's a gas truck. Anyway, opens up the door to his truck, immediately puts both hands on her ass to hoist her up into the truck. Right. And then as they're driving to where he's going to drop her off, he keeps leering at her. <laughs> Yeah, like making really strange expressions, and then of course he goes into this monologue, like where we learn he's really concerned because he's like, "Look, Camp Crystal Lake is cursed. You and your friends are probably in danger. You shouldn't go there." 
Um, but then he just lets her off with like a smile. He's like, oh, okay, well, enjoy your summer working at Crystal Lake and then drives off All right. after I delivering say, these dire warnings. So I feel like he's, he's like, a ghoul that belongs on this list, but yeah, he's I would not say Ralph. He's like, he's like your standard ghoul that most young women experience throughout right. their day. He's a standard ghoul, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like, you know, like I, I think a, a, a woman meets like one of these a week. Um, it's, it's also, it's... That 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 is so accurate that like watching this scene where he's helping her up into his tow truck and immediately both of his hands go for her ass. Genuinely right. didn't know whether that was written or whether the actor playing the truck driver was just putting his hands right. on, on this actress's ass so he could hoist right. her up into the truck. Yeah, legitimately didn't oh, yeah. know. No, watching uh, every w- woman actress in all of these movies is like watching a horse in a Lord of the Rings show uh, or movie where you're like, I'm scared for you. Um, generally speaking, it's a real white like I, experience. I, yeah, anyway. I hope you. I hope you got through this okay, young woman. Um, there's actually there's we'll we'll talk about it in part two, but there's a real significant problem with that in part. Oh, two. Oh, I know. Yeah, I know you know. Yeah. Um, anyway, um, so Ralph's introduction is in this scene where this truck driver is walking Annie to his truck. They're walking past this like courthouse building that has like steps up into like a porch, and Ralph just springs off of the porch in front of them. To say yep. you're doomed, you're yep. all doomed, which you're going means to camp blood, ain't you? He was lurking on that porch, just watching them come around the corner and waiting until they were right in front of them to jump out in front of them and yep. deliver his prophecy. And then he gets on his little rusty blue bike and yep. just and then he gets there's on something his, very yeah, his fucking eighty year old bicycle. <laughs> it's something very funny about someone trying to be creepy and then getting on a bike. Yeah. Uh, he just awkwardly gets on a bike and they just watch him f- drive away. He ne- he survives, doesn't he, Crazy Ralph? Not for long, but he lives through this movie. Okay, he lives through this movie. Yeah. Um, um, and uh, yeah. then we I, I, I got to talk about his second appearance, right? Yes. This okay, is what, this is what he, puts him over the top. Yes, he rides that bike and it's like, where's Crazy Ralph going? Well, we know. <clears throat> He's riding to the camp so he can get in their pantry and stand there <laughs> dave <laughs> yes, so what stop. happens is uh, i think alice <clears throat> is puttering around the kitchen opens the pantry and just sees crazy ralph standing there in the center of the room um, he's just but, in the pantry but did you notice that the cop that comes to the um to the camp he gives somebody a ride right i forget who he gives a ride to right but the cop comes to the camp and then gets called away for some car accident but he comes to the... Oh, no, wait. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's after she discovers Ralph in the pantry, it cuts to a deputy being there and talking to right. the kids. And the deputy tells them that Ralph is a missing person. Like, he's been looking for Ralph all day. This means <laughs> that Ralph has been standing in that pantry long enough to be declared a missing person. <laughs> so what we're hearing, I think... so. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think the answer is Ralph got trapped in the pantry. Right, he he's got like, locked he, in. <laughs> yeah, it's like a raccoon that found its way into the pantry yeah. and got locked in. Yeah. And then once you open it, they're like dah, 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 and run out. Like he's he's just standing in that pantry, I assume eating like cereal or right, whatever. Eating he like crackers and Oreos and shit. Just hanging out in there. And then somebody opens the door and he's like, You're doomed and then he scuttles out to his bike and rides away. It's incredible. It's funny as hell like they must have known how funny that fucking is because it's not like he's in the woods like it's like something where it's like oh he could have been off fishing or like taking a dump no he wandered on to this fucking uh camp and i presumably got in the got in the cabin walked into the pantry and just just stood there just hung out shut the door for hours hours yep. silent just in silence like he's the terminator long enough like, for the cops to be called yep because people close to ralph are wondering where he is where's crazy ralph <laughs> yeah he was supposed to be here in my pantry yeah he was um, supposed to be hiding under my bed hours ago yeah it is i'm yeah, concerned ralph, for him it is the biggest plot hole is that ralph isn't the murderer um because i don't see how he couldn't be Honestly, like he's yeah. he is he is definitely our second best monster. 
Yeah, um, hands down, hands down. Winner. The, the prize goes to Ralph. Crazy Ralph. Oh mm. my god. Should we move on to our final uh, uh, section, Dave? Yeah. Uh, obviously, it's time to rank the the murders. Um, death rank. <laughs> obviously. By my count, not counting a snake, there are ten deaths in this. I think that's correct. We can go through each one. The first two are just like that guy stabbed in the tum-tum yep. and then the POV. Yep. Zooming uh, in on her. Yeah. Freeze frame. Zooming in on her face. Yeah. First murder of the whole series. So there's that. Um, the next, and we can just go through them and then figure out. You know, yeah. Yeah. Uh, hitchhiker. She gets her throat slit. It's Annie gets her throat slashed. It's a pretty good it's effect, a, actually. It's a good gig. Yeah. And it's a gag, good narrative uh, effect, too. Yeah. Um, Ned found off screen in the bunk bed. It's a shocking uh, moment. It's a surprising yeah. moment. The end of bacon, um, which is only shocking uh, if you watch this later on and you're like, oh, it's Kevin Bacon. Surely he'll survive. Um, well, it's uh, also surprising in terms of where the murder comes from because she stabs say, up yeah. through the bed. So it's not where you would expect. This is the murder that re- makes you realize murders can happen at any time. Because you just don't see a murder in this moment, um, especially that one. Um, axe in the face in the bathroom. Yeah, that's Marcy. Uh, that's a pretty good one. Yep. Archery kill. Off camera, you just hear screaming. Um, the death of Steve. Uh, flashlight in the face. He, gets he sort little, of he gets, little, he gets a little tummy stab. He gets stummy, tummy stabbed. Yep. Bill with the arrows. You don't see it happen, but it's a hell of a find. Yeah. It's a hell, hell, of a, uh, hell of a reveal. And finally, the death of Pamela Voorhees. Head Ooh. chopped clean off. So iconic that it is a, it's its own Jason kill in the video game. That's true. You can unlock um, this specific kill. So I'm not, I'm kind of torn. I'm going to say the off-camera ones, I kind of automatically, I'm like, nah. Yeah. Although the Bill reveal is pretty great. I would put that at it the is. top of the list of the off-camera deaths. For sure. That's the best off-camera death. Yeah. Um, I mean... Axe in the face is very gnarly. Axe in the face is gnarly. They show it. it, Well, they sort of show it. They show the axe rays. It cuts to a very funny reaction shot of the actress playing Marcy. Who shuts her eyes and raises her hand. But she's like flinching in a very like theatrical way like it's like right. it, like it's like a woman getting the vapors right as she's about to faint right and then it yeah the the shot of the axe in her face and then it's a cool shot of an axe in her face uh, here's um, well let's we don't need to go through and rank each one do I'm you have gonna, do you do you know which one do you know which i one think i do and it might be a real hot take all right let's let's count a three and then we'll say it all right one two three kevin bacon, bacon. yep yeah it's kevin bacon that's the best one. Yeah, I don't think it's that hot of a take because the hitchhiker death was up there for me too because of what it meant, like right, thematically. Just narratively. Yeah, it's it's surprising. Yeah. But Bacon's death sets the tone for the rest of the deaths, and it's also an arrow. And you're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> Why is that an arrow? It's also fucking gnarly as shit. Yeah. Um. It's just. It's, it's yeah. It's it's the most surprising. It's gnarly. It's if you watch it later, of course, you like you were saying, you have that additional level of well, it's Kevin Bacon. He's the most famous person in this movie. Surely he won't right. die immediately. Yeah, killing Kevin Bacon that alone that's a thing. Um, and it, it just it comes from a direction where you would just never expect it. Like up through yeah. the bed is not what you're thinking in that moment. Right. Um, it's just uh, it's it's the it's the most surprising, shocking. Uh, I guess I'll say scary for that reason. Death in the film. And yeah, like you said, it sets the tone for anyone is going to die at any moment and the murder can come from any direction. Yeah. Um, I'm writing it down because I think at the end of this series, we're going to have to write them all, right? We're going to have to find the single best. it's It's our solemn duty, yeah. Yeah. But for this movie, I think it's unanimous. Kevin Bacon getting arrowed. Uh, 100%. That Bacon boy. Um, I think it'll be harder in later um, later episodes here. But for now, I'm glad I'm glad we're, we agree. Yeah. We'll we have are to, in we'll agreement, have to, Dave. Yeah, I think when we have a tie, we should just like put them both. Because ultimately, this is about finding the number one. 
right? Yes, um, I, I agree with and that. And so, like, it's that. okay to double up movies. We don't have to find a definitive one within each movie um, unless we just happen to agree. I agree with that. Okay. Uh, I yeah, think we did I, it, Dave. I think we I did think our, we, our contractual obligation. I think so, too, and it feels good. You know, it feels good to have done this. That means next film, Friday the 13th, part two, mm. uh, the first one that actually has Jason Voorhees. Yeah, uh, and boy, is he a doofus in that? It has it has some of the greatest uh, "What's Jason up to?" moments. Yeah, <laughs> so. there's shots of him where he's like Bigfoot. I remember that where it's yeah. like they see him running through the woods, and it's like he's just so funny. Well, there's at um, one point it becomes clear that he must be riding a bicycle. Right. That's all I'll say. Yes. So. Yeah. <laughs> God damn. Okay. Fuck. So, uh, thank you all for listening. Thank Thanks you so much. Yeah. Krishanovich, uh, thank you for being a producer. This is going to be a lot of fun. Yes. I am excited. Very excited um, for this series. Because we are going to do 10 and maybe even, is there Freddy versus Jason? I mean, I bet we can there's do that as well. There's technically 12. Is there's Jason 1 through 10. Right, and the J- remake. And then there's Freddy versus Jason, and then there's the remake. We can do 12. We can do I 12. Can Let's do 12. 12. Let's do 12. Fuck yes. We're not going to not do all the Jasons. No. Listen, folks, this was through our Patreon. And if you're interested, you can go to patreon.com slash gamefully unemployed. G-A-M-E-F-U-L-Y unemployed for $5 a month. You get access to a bunch of exclusive podcasts like Tom and Jeff Watch Batman, Fox Mulder's Maniac, Star Trek The Next Futurama, and Spielboys. For a little more, you can watch movies with us every Friday night. We have watched every single Friday the 13th movie more than once. We have at, at least once for all of them. <laughs> at least once for all of them. Um, yeah, I, I think maybe the remake we only watched once. I'm not sure. Probably. Um, I don't know. Maybe this one we only watched once. Who knows? I think part five. Um, anyway. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, you know, if you know us, you know what we're up to. You know our whole deal. We're also on Twitter, that Gamefully Un. Um, I think we have a Twitch, Gamefully Unemployed, which we occasionally go on sometimes to play Friday the 13th. We do. Uh, so check all that out. Yeah. Um, we also have a store. Head over to GamefullyUnemployed.com where you can find a link to our Teespring store where you can get all kinds of cool original artwork and designs on t-shirts, mugs, stickers, posters, all sorts of things, including some Jason designs, I believe. Absolutely. So uh, slap your little mask hole peepers onto that. Yes celebrate mask holes it's only just begun it has only just begun there's a long road ahead of us a long uh, storied uh, glorious very fun road ahead of us Uh, so Mm. excited to be doing a friday the 13th (laughs) show finally at long last yes the future is bright and bloody indeed all right a little awkward mostly awkward Mm. bye bye (laughs) bye